Hey there, and welcome to Speaking of Sex, the podcast. I'm your host, Autumn Morris. Speaking of Sex, the podcast is based on sexuality education, exploring sex, love, and relationships in the hopes of happier, healthier, and juicier connections. Let's talk sex talk. Welcome back, homies. This weekend, I got the opportunity to go see the brand new movie, The Sun is Also a Star. It hit box offices May 17th, starring Yara Shahidi. It's a great movie, 10 out of 10. You should definitely go check it out, specifically because they talk about how formulaic love can really be. And if you use the right tools, you could probably make anyone fall in love with you. I'm a sucker for a formulated love story. In fact, a lot of the formulas used throughout the movie I already use in my day-to-day dating life. However, I've never fully disclosed to anyone all of the different things that I use to make them fall in love with me. (laughs) So today, we're actually going to break that rule. I'm bringing in someone whom I've gone on dates with and used several of these tactics on before to get his perspective on how well they actually worked but he's also going to give us some of his tools tips and tricks too on dating and scoring the woman of his dreams you definitely have to have someone's attention before you can make them fall in love with you of course so let's hear what our guest josh has to say about attention getting the first step to flirting in helen fisher's the anatomy of love he will tell us all about how he turns a stranger into the potential love of his life you know, you kind of want to bounce, bounce your your reaction, your general reaction to them off of theirs. Yeah. So if I were to see somebody, you probably would give them a, I would give them a smile mm-hmm. or something to that degree. And then just kind of take the way they react to it and go from there. And very rarely do I just, you know, ignore the signs of what I see and just say, um, like, nah, fuck it. She's she's so beautiful. She's so amazing. I'm just going to just go against it and just see what, what happens. Yeah. Most often, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So what would someone do that would make you think, like, ah, oh, they're not into it? If, let's say, for instance, I was in the store mm-hmm. and they were, I don't know, buying some sugar. <laughs> let's just say that that's, we're all baking today. So we're in the aisle and they're buying some sugar. Okay. And if I'm in that aisle and I ask them a question, something that's pretty obvious, you know, it's obvious that I'm, I'm just asking you a question to start a conversation with you. Yeah. And your response is something like, I don't work here. It's like, um, oh, okay, I'll go fuck myself. And then, <laughs> and that's kind of how I would, you know, navigate through Damn. situations like that. <laughs> It's always one extreme. It's, it's either it's either an overwhelming um, welcoming response, or, yeah, it's, or it's like, like fuck off, go fuck yourself. <laughs> There's no in between, none at all. Wow. Okay. So if you look at her, you smile at her, whatever, you go in for the kill, and you get a positive response. What comes next? Like you ask her, you know, where's the sugar, and she tells you. Then what do you do? I think that for me, it's always been. It's always been good to bring humor because I've always learned that. Uh, well, through my personal experience, I've always um, noticed that women appreciate humor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that if you ask any girl that I've ever been involved with or dated, 
what is one thing that you really liked about, you know, or you do like about Josh? I think that an overwhelming response would probably be like, oh, well, he's funny. Yeah. Because being humorous or being funny it's that is in itself is also inviting it makes people comfortable like they yeah. let their guard down whenever somebody is you know whenever somebody can make them laugh it's yeah. like a soothing thing so my next stop would probably be to say something corny a joke about the sugar that we were talking about um any joke involving sugar is obviously going to be corny so oh, you, <laughs> you kind of have to just just pick the most mundane you know thing in the situation and just say something funny and then mm-hmm. i don't i can't really remember a time that i've ever said something that not that wasn't funny because most of those jokes would probably be not funny but it's funny I mean, because it's not it's funny. funny because it's not funny it's funny because she finds you attractive to some degree to where yeah. she's just gonna like laugh it yeah. off and and your first one is always going to be the worst yeah. And then from that, you can kind of draw, you know, mm-hmm. more inspiration and then just kind of keep it going. So Cool. So, like, you're just trying to keep her involved, keep her interested and locked in on you instead of this sugar. Absolutely. Right? So, at what point, like, how long do you wait before you're like, hey, can I get your number? Or, hey, can I take you out? You know what I'm saying? Like, how long are you stalling and instilling intrigue before you go in for the kill? I think that with any situation, um, especially something like this, like one thing I'm always going to go back to is the fact that um, it's specific to that situation and to that person. But I would, as a general rule, it's going to be whenever I is going to be whenever I feel like there's nothing else to talk about in that yeah. moment. You yeah. know, you don't ever want to draw draw the moment out so long to to the point where there's an awkward silence you want to do it i always would say like let's just say for instance if i'm looking at me approaching this person as let's say as a routine right Mm -hmm. you always want to or i would always go in for the number or you know how things are nowadays if you ask want to make someone more comfortable you say well here um can i have your snapchat right or something to that degree if if this entire thing, if I have a hundred percent of you know, quote unquote, material for this first interaction, when I'm at about eighty percent, mm-hmm. I would probably go ahead and proposition something like that. Yeah. For two reasons. First of all, I feel like the conversation is still flowing, mm-hmm. so there's still some sort of interest. You know, there, I, I haven't completely overstayed my welcome in, in our conversation. Mm-hmm. You're not tired of me being there. Yeah. And also, in the event that you kind of say something like. Uh, you know, you seem a little uneasy about it. I still have 20% more, you know what I'm saying, yeah. of conversation at least. So I can, you know, I don't have to just walk away defeated. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, well, there again, I'll just go fuck myself. You know, right. it's more like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then I say something else. So it's like, okay, well, he wasn't discouraged by the fact that I wasn't completely comfortable, you know, divulging that information. He still, you know, stuck around a little while, said whatever, said his piece, and then. You know, you kind of, you only ask once, you leave that space, you know, that little gap in the event that they're uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you kind of leave the ball in their court. You, I never would ask twice. I right. would say once and then I would say what I said. And then, hey, well, I appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really nice meeting you. Probably throw a compliment in there. Obviously. Got to try Obviously. one more time. Right. And then you got to get ghost. And you just hope <laughs> that they're just like, hey. Walk off slow. Wait. <laughs> yes. You got to walk, walk off, off slow, slow and turn around. You got to turn around. Quick glance. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
Now I'm intrigued. Did you use any of these tactics on me? Yeah, I think I did. But at the same time, it was different with you because I feel like you were also using your own tactic with me. Mm. I feel like you were... The first time we ever had a conversation, I came out of the gate and I started, you know... I was saying jokes, but I was kind of more so feeling you out. So the yeah. jokes weren't always like, you know, cookie cutter jokes about, you know, sugar, for instance. It was more, <laughs> it was more like I was actually trying you. Like you would say something about your life experience, a life experience you had, mm-hmm. and something that wasn't necessarily a good thing. And instead of giving you sympathy, I would blame you for it. Right. I'd be like, yeah. Well, you're probably a horrible person, and that's why you know this, this transpired in your life. And you can tell by the way someone responds to that. You seem like somebody who was, you know, you could take a joke, and the same way you could take a joke, you could dish a joke. Because the second you took what I said, your next response was some slick shit back at me. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, this right here is our common ground. We both, you know, are. Slightly disrespectful, but, you know, slightly disrespectful, but in a playful way. So that's always something that if as the conversation went on, I could go back to that. If if I felt like there was a gray space and I I didn't really know what to say, Mm -hmm. I would just talk shit about you. (laughs) And and I knew that 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 would, you know, help me continue with the conversation. Josh just mentioned common ground, and this is something that's very important to keep in mind whenever you're engaging with someone new. While we've all heard the phrase opposites attract, this is not entirely true. You actually want your partner to be on the same page with you on your top three priorities, values, and beliefs. So whatever is super, super important to you should also be super, super important to your partner. When it comes to everything else, that's up for grabs and you can definitely have opposing opinions on most other things to add challenge and spice to the engagement. Very early on in our interactions, Josh figured out that having fun and cracking jokes was just as important to me as it was to him. He'll be able to now use this as a bonding point for us and also a safe place to revert back to in the future. The takeaway here is to find out the other person's priorities as quickly as possible. That way you can see if there is any common ground, and if there is, you can use that common ground to your benefit. Go ahead and check out the show notes where I'll leave a list of priorities, values, and beliefs for you to rank in order from most important to least important. Then compare this list to your partner's list. Are y'all in sync and on the same page? While you do this, let's go ahead and get back to the interview. I remember the first time we got on the phone, like you hopped out the gate with the humor. Like yeah. it hadn't even been like 30 seconds. I was like, oh, he funny, funny. Yeah, no way to stop. You just got to, you just got to, you know, take, take your, your talents or, or what you get at and just run with it. And be good at it. Yeah, can't, can't give you any space to, to figure <laughs> out anything about me that's trash. So I just got to go out and just show everything I'm good at and just put all my cards behind it. Josh is actually on to something here. Have you ever seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? There's an episode where Dennis presents his Dennis system. The Dennis system is curated to make any chick fall for you, and the first step is demonstrate value. Josh demonstrates value through his humor, and his humor brings light, joy, and comfort to whomever he engages with. The fact that he's demonstrating value in this first exchange increases the likelihood of him being remembered and being able to continue to engage with this person at a later date. And it makes sense. I mean, think about it. When is the last time you wasted any attention on some stranger who wasn't adding any value to your life? 
So humor is Josh's special talent, and that's how he adds value to other people's lives. How do you? What is your special talent? Think about it while we continue with the interview. So the interesting thing about us is what differs between us and the situation you were describing with the sugar is we didn't meet in person first. Of course, we met on Tinder. So were there was there anything that you were doing to instill attraction in me whenever you did meet me on our first date? I think that when I first met you, my intention was more to reinforce the fact that I was who I had said I was to up to that point. Yeah. That, you know, I wasn't going rather we, you know, we're talking about, you know, how formulaic I am when I approach somebody, although they may be, you know, considered, you know, a formula at the same time, this is it's all me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think my main concern whenever we actually sat down in person and we just talked to each other was to continue to be that person that I was and let you know that none of that was somebody would look at it and say is is game just because it's like something that I continue to do with people in general. It's just that's the way I'm comfortable approaching people. But I don't consider it being game. That's just me being me. That's just who I am. So I think when I we actually met in person, what was more important to me was um, showing that that was authentic, that there was authenticity in everything that I said. And that's right. really you. What you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And who I presented to you was really who you're talking to. Right. Whenever we met, I was well, I'm super formulaic when it comes to flirting, too, because I like to play the whole power bottom role like you seem very for like the way that you described it you seem very forward not like in your face like hey be my girlfriend type of thing but like shortly after you start interacting with someone you hit the okay um can i have your number can i have your snapchat type of thing is that correct yeah so with me i'm like more of a like let me expose you to the experience of me and have you kind of come to me that's kind of where i'm at with it just because i'm not super comfortable with being like hey can i have your number um i'm not that dominant so whenever like i'm flirting it is super formulaic and but it's almost intentionally comes across as not flirting because i think people become intimidated when they realize that you are definitely being flirted with so i usually go with more of methods that it's like, was she flirting with me or was she just trying to understand me mm-hmm. type of thing? But I'm super in, involved in in psychology as well. That's my major. I've always been into psychology. So I've always had a greater understanding of people in that way. So a lot of the ways that I used to quote unquote flirt are things that I would do regardless. They just work in my favor when I flirt. So people love to talk about themselves. So just asking any questions that just show that you're paying attention is a great way to instill intrigue. I'm reading this book by Helen Fisher and she talks about the five steps of flirting and the first is attention getting, getting someone to look in your direction. And the way that I do that is by paying attention and asking like a casual question, you know, but also not making it too personal and making sure that if there's other people around, I ask other people questions too so they don't feel like they're special, but people want to be special. So then they're going to be interested in me like, oh, she asked me a very specific question. She's paying attention, but she's also paying attention to everybody else. Why am I not special? You know what I'm saying? They're going to find more ways and reasons to continue to talk about themselves. So um, I ended up using that kind of sort of 
on our first date because we did the 36 questions of love. The 36 questions of love. The best questions on the planet. I use these questions religiously. Anyone who has been on a date with me in the last like two to three years can vouch for this. I use them to get to know anyone I'm actually interested in. They're incredible icebreakers and they're a great way to create intimacy and vulnerability, which are two factors that you need whenever you're seeking love and attraction in someone new. And furthermore, this is actually one of the main tactics that they used in the movie, The Sun is Also a Star. So let's see how well it works. Let's see what Josh thought about them and dig into more of exactly what they are. Um, for those of you who don't know what the 36 questions of love are, it's a set of questions used to instill um, attraction among strangers. It's a very formulaic set of questions. It starts with very vague questions and grows into very deep, very personal questions. So you go through these questions together in a very specific order and by the end of it you're supposed to feel closer to the other person. But you also end up exposing a lot of yourself to the other person exposing a shit ton of stuff about yourself but you're doing it together so it increases the vulnerability that you have with that person so that being said how did you feel about the 36 questions was it like whoa what the fuck or like did you enjoy it did you feel like did you feel any closer afterwards or if you want to be completely honest with you um <laughs> oh god have <laughs> you if i'm just saying if you want to be completely honest with you um in the beginning, I liked the idea of the questions mm -hmm. because um, it was not only a way to pass the time, it was a way to get pretty basic information from each other, mm -hmm. which in the grand scheme of things is pretty important whenever you go to, whenever you're learning somebody, you want to, you, you really do, especially if you, if you at least to some degree think you like somebody, you want to get to know as much about them as, as possible. Mm -hmm. Oh God. Okay, now I, now that I got that out of the way, at a certain point, um, anybody who does do the, the 36 questions, I believe that anybody who thinks like me is going to, at a certain point, feel like it's becoming more of a chore. Mm -hmm. Because you were very specific about it when you asked me the questions. You said at any time, if you feel like this is too much, if you're uh, if you don't want to answer a question, it's okay. You know, just be just be honest and just let me know and I completely understand. But there's also that point that whenever you first meet somebody, you kind of don't want to disappoint them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like men in general, more often than not, have to do more of the wooing and, and winning over. Because a lot of times women feel like, and I, and I think they know it, that women, you pretty much, if, if you have a guy's attention, you can pretty much get whatever you want. <laughs> Just to a certain degree, you can. Yeah. But for a guy, it's way harder. Mm -hmm. It's like you are actually doing what you're doing in an attempt. To get to that point to where you can get whatever you want and i don't want to say that as and i don't mean that as far as sexual i just mean like in general like yeah. from that person mm -hmm. you know so i'll be honest probably about question 25 i was like all right that's still decently i mean there's enough. only 36 so i'm glad that we made it only to question 25 yeah i mean we made it through all the way through we, we answered all 36 questions but. well yeah i mean but i'm saying like i'm glad that you mentally made it to yeah. question 25 before you were like not present yeah and it was also it was also you know kind of kind of strange too because 
just as you were saying, explaining earlier, the, the first questions are, are more basic cookie cutter questions. And then the deeper you get into it, every question becomes more slightly more intense. Yeah. So you can think of how 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 much different the level of intensity would be between question 25 and, and question. 26. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and knowing whenever you first start, you know, when you gave the whole spiel, like these questions are going to be increasingly more personal and whatever, whatever. Question 25, for instance, I don't remember exactly what the question was, but I'm saying like, I, I can only imagine that that question was probably kind of, you know, personal. Yeah. And then, so there was some intrigue with it. It was kind of, I felt like a chore because I really didn't want to just sit down and feel like I was being interviewed. But at the same yeah. time, I was curious, like, Wow. What are the rest of these questions? Because you were the one who had the questions. Yeah. And I remember at one point asking you, like, can I look at the questions? And you were mm-hmm. like, no, because if I let you look at them, you'll you'll be thinking about the answers. And I want the answers to be authentic. Yeah. So it was that level of intrigue, like, what is question 36? Mm-hmm. Because this question right here is pretty damn personal. And I don't really know if I'm, <laughs> I don't really know if I know, <laughs> if I know you well enough to take it to that point. But yeah. I think overall it was it was it was a decent experience, but I'm just being I'm just being honest about it. I thought yeah. at a certain point it, it got kind of it yeah. got kind of heavy. I was kind of like, All yeah, right, it is heavy. It is, is heavy. Enough. But I enjoyed it. Well, that fuck is important. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll go fuck myself. That's honestly like a reoccurring theme in my life. Just go fuck yourself. Just go fuck yourself. Yeah. Fuck yeah. your sugar. Yeah. I don't work here. All of it. All, All of, of that. that. That's me. <laughs> So yeah, um, that's how I flirt is by asking a shit ton of questions. I mean, not that many on a regular time. Well, I certainly that's not how I flirt because that would take quite a bit. It's not in Walmart. No, no one has time for that. No. So overall, Josh appreciated the 36 questions of love. They definitely pushed us to be more open and more vulnerable and share things that we wouldn't typically share on a first date. However, he did say at a certain point they began to be a bit much. The interesting thing about these questions is they're already split up into three sets. Each set has exactly 12 questions in it. So if you're looking for a shorter, lighter conversation, definitely start with one set, see how it feels, and see how much it works for you. In the movie, The Sun is also a star. They don't have time to go through all 36. So the person asking the questions picks his favorite questions out of the 36. Another method I encourage you to do if you don't have the time or the energy to go through 36 questions with a perfect stranger. What's your preference? Would you rather do all 36 questions at one time, do all 36 questions but split up into three sets over several dates, or just pick a few of your favorite questions to discuss with the new, exciting, attractive person that is giving you their attention? Think about it and let's get back to the interview. So yeah, I'm super formulaic. I use that. I like to ask about like love language. I like to ask about attachment type. You know what attachment type is? No. You made a face like fuck just because I have no idea what the fuck you were talking about. Attachment type. So attachment type is essentially how you're attached to your primary caregiver when as a child. However you attach to them is usually how you attach to lovers later on. So if you have a super great relationship with your caregivers, they show up when when you need them, but when you don't need them, they allow you space to grow and learn on your own, then you're a secure attachment type and you will grow up to be a secure attachment type to lovers, which means you know, you'll know you be trusting um, and that sort of thing. You won't be super paranoid. You'll be secure in your relationship with that person. Um, there's also anxious anxious of no 
anxious preoccupied which basically means your parents didn't show up or showed up too much in a way that it made you you don't know how to not have them there because they crippled you right um and so whenever someone isn't constantly showing up for you you feel like you're not good enough um and so those type of people have issues feeling secure in their relationship and then there's the avoidant which essentially is they may have had a parent that showed up but they were abusive or you know made them feel like shit or you know always made them feel less than so they just don't want to be around people you know they have trouble connecting they have trouble feeling um adequate and instead of seeking for more like an anxious avoidant would do just continuously sucking someone dry they just back all the way the fuck up and refuse to to connect so um i like to find out what people think about their own um attachment type because of course that's not something i can just say off the top of my head um like i said love language the 36 questions it tells you a lot about people and like i said people's favorite topic is themselves so that's how i flirt is asking questions that other people don't ask essentially So now that Josh and I have both shared pieces and parts of our own formula to making people fall in love, I wanted to put it to the test. I gave him a quiz curated by Shan Boudram, made to measure game. So I already took the quiz. Once he gets his results, we'll compare and see who really has the best game. For the sake of time, I'm only going to share a few of the questions. However, I do encourage you to click the link in the show notes and play along. Let's get into the game. I've answered this question like six times in this conversation, so if you get this wrong, I will beat you. Perfect. Everyone's favorite topic is A, pop culture news, B, sex, C, your drama, D, themselves, or E, your passions. Themselves? (laughs) Why did you have to think about it? That is correct. Everyone's favorite topic is themselves, their interests, their passions, and their lives. Game. Approximately how long should you talk in conversation before passing the ball to the other person? A, 30 seconds, B, one minute, C, under five minutes, or D, as long as you need to? Ooh. (laughs) As long as you need to. You are trash. You have no game. The answer is 30 seconds. The human brain can only hold three to four pieces of information at a time. So you need to talk in 30-second increments so See, you can soak it in. I was going to say 30 seconds, but I feel like D was just, I feel like that was, see, now I'm answering these questions because I'm trying to make the right answer <laughs> as, as, opposed to, as opposed to just saying how I really feel. 15 well, seconds would have been a better answer for me. No, that's incorrect. That's not enough time, I don't think. You don't think. You know what? You're failing, so... <laughs> Next question. On a date, if given the opportunity to brag about yourself or your expertise, you should A. Deflect and quickly get the topic off of yourself. B. Take the floor and take in-depth or talk in-depth about your experience or accomplishments. C. Take the floor and try to teach that person something about themselves or relate your experience back to theirs. Or D. Downplay your accomplishments. You're going to fail. <laughs> Probably so. Uh, uh, 
Uh, yeah, let me look at them real quick. Um, uh, this is going to be wrong, but I would deflect and get the topic off of myself. That's completely garbage. Really? Yeah, that is not correct. Well, clearly not. I keep seeing red, so I know. Oh, yeah, I know. Face. I can see it on your face. <laughs> I can see it reflecting off your face. No, the answer is take the floor and try to teach that person something about themselves or relate your experience back to theirs. People are going to get bored if... They, I mean, people like to talk about themselves, but they're going to get bored if all your conversations are completely about them. They want to feel like they learned something and they don't want to feel like they're overtaking everything. But if you take your experience, like you add in your two cents, but somehow bring it back to them, then they feel like they've won you over in a sense. They feel more connected to you, but you still got your two seconds to say your piece. Why are you rolling your fucking eyeballs? Because this test is stupid it's not stupid i've done all of this on you and it works (laughs) if you sense your date has gone flat and lost its romantic spark how can you fix don't ask me because apparently i'll just fuck it up i'll just fuck it up okay let's hear it (laughs) how can you fix that okay a look for natural places to touch b tease Uh, them uh, (laughs) uh, c triangle eye contact eyes to body d create an s body shape e talk about temptation f play with power dynamics or e all of the above Is there an F and none of the above? All of those sound horrible. Why do they sound horrible? Those just sound so... None of that makes any sense. How does it not make sense? If like, if we're on a date, me and you are on a date, right? Nice. And like you were saying, there comes a time where we naturally... I mean, our conversation is dying off, right? But we're on a date, so we can't just go to the next aisle at Walmart. Like in your sugar instance. What can you do to spice up the conversation or the attraction? We're sitting at a table across from each other. What can I do to get you interested? I just, I'm going to be honest. See, I'm going to screw this one up. You are? Of 100%. But that's only because I've screwed every other one up to this point. Yes. And then honestly, I just don't think I would do any of that. I think, I think all of that. In in a situation to where you're on a date and you feel like you things are getting, you know, dry or weird. I think all of those are probably the wrong thing to do. No, you've done one of these before. You have. Was it the right one? No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> all of that sounds corny as hell so i have no idea i i didn't do any of those Pick. i'm going to say <laughs> i was gonna say create as body shape but instead i'm gonna say i'm gonna say triangle eyes body eyes to eyes body. to body that's what i'm gonna go incorrect with. the answer was all of the above Really? Really. Those are ways, I mean, you could do all of those. You don't have to do every single one of them, but if it goes dead, you could use any single one of any those. Any single one of those would have been fine. Creating an S-body shape would have really spiced things up. That would have put turned the heat up in the room. 
I mean, like, if I mean, if I'm sitting like hunched over or whatever, you're not gonna be like, oh damn, she's fine. But if I'm like arching my back, chest out or whatever, butt sticking out, whatever, then so if I'm arching my okay, so if I'm arching my back, my chest is sticking out, and my ass is out there, that that would really nice. So and honest, do you know which one of them I was saying that you did? Was it create that ass body shape? No, that's that's no. It's so dumb. It's so dumb to me. I really don't know which one of those I would have done. Talk about temptation. You did that on our first date. Did I? Right before I left. Yes. You. It was literally like things were dying down. We had nothing else to talk about. And you talked about temptation. So how was that the wrong thing? If it's everything... not wrong. What I'm saying is everything. Like that wasn't the right answer. If you would have chosen that, that would have been that wrong. Been because wrong. the answer is not... everything. Okay. Good, 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 good. Okay. What should you never do on a first date? Picture yourself having sex with your date while looking them in the eye. That's obviously what you should do. Obvious. Did you do that? No. Continue with the question, please. <laughs> Could you please go with the answer? Ask your date personal questions. Be pessimistic about your past, present, or future. Engage with other people around you. Disagree with your date or offer to pay the bill and set the next date. Um, I think that what you should never do on your first date is probably be pessimistic about your past, present, and future. Correct. It's probably not a good thing to do. Facts. No one wants to be around a negative Nancy. I also don't think that the first one is a, that's probably something that you should do, but. No, it's 100% something you should do. Not because like, oh, you, that's all you should be thinking about is sex, but if you're thinking about sex, then your body becomes aroused. Your lips get redder, your pupils get larger, your face becomes glowy, and your partner can sense your attraction. They may not be able to sense that you're thinking of sex, but they sense your attraction and people want to feel attract like someone is attracted to them. So it helps you move in the way that you need to move in order to have um, a date that goes well. That was the last question, so we're about to Thank see. God. <laughs> We're about to see your results and see how you measure up to me. You are an intermediate dater. Um, someone's done their homework. You know a fair amount of connection, flirting, and seduction. You've watched some videos, taken a few Cosmo quizzes, and you are no stranger to books. But I got professional, so you suck compared to me. Obviously, I'm the better dater. Clearly. You tried. I did. It's okay. Valiantly. And it's, failed. It's a wonder I haven't ghosted you yet. Yeah. You're so dead. It's a wonder that I haven't ghosted you because I obviously can tell how superior you are to me. I as know. Far as dating thing how goes. does that feel? It literally doesn't feel like anything. Um, um, you feel I'm, numb? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's also nowhere near what I was getting at. <laughs> really nice really really nice way for you to uh, bring that around but uh i'm sorry no it, it just feels you, how often do you cry about it uh well about this particular situation i haven't had an opportunity yet but probably after after, after the mic goes off um, <laughs> okay. shortly after you leave i will spend quite a bit of time um crying about it um it doesn't i mean i, I don't really know how how, how it feels uh, i wouldn't want to say numb um, <laughs> that's probably not the best way to describe it, but I don't feel any way about it. I don't feel negative. I don't feel, you know, positive because at the end of the day, those types of things 
that quiz to some degree um to you means something because you think it makes you superior to me 100% but to me that quiz has I think that practical that application of person is way more important than than tests some people are really good test takers Mm -hmm. and and they have no common sense they can't read people they can't Mm -hmm. read situations so I, I may not have scored the highest on that test, mm-hmm. but in person, I'm fucking amazing. I just, I okay. don't know. Yeah. So you're saying that I can't read people. I have no common sense. I'm just a good test taker. That is verbatim exactly what I said. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, fuck you. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, thank you so much for unpacking yourself as a lover, as a dater with us today and exposing to us that you're really terrible. I appreciate it. No, thank you so much for for allowing me to do that. Um, I'm going to go back and listen to this, obviously, and then I'm going to, you know, hear who I am. Right. And then improve. It's okay because it's okay to be trash because this is the first step to improvement. Definitely. You've identified how trash you are. Definitely. Now you can become better. That's all that's important. This this entire thing was a learning experience. It is. And I'm so glad I could share this with you. I'm so glad that I could guide you on this journey thus far. You're you're a really good person. So thank you. (laughs) So today we unpacked a lot regarding the formula of love. We saw what some of Josh's formulas are, we saw what some of mine are, and we definitely saw who had the most game. So now it's your turn. What are your formulas of love? What is your go-to whenever you're trying to get the attention of someone you're attracted to? Today's references include the book called The Anatomy of Love by Helen Fisher, the brand new movie The Sun is also a star, and of course, Shan Boudram's new quiz called Do You Have Game? I'll leave the links to all of these references in the show notes for you to check out, and I definitely encourage you to check out all three of them. Just a gentle reminder that humans are rhythmic beings, which is why love formulas like these are very effective. But remember to never use any tactic to manipulate or hurt one another. And also, remember that using these formulas with intention is not for everyone. Some people just have to do what feels good and go with their intuition, and I encourage you to do what works for you. Thank you so much to Josh for being an incredible guest on today's podcast, and I will see you on the next one. Bye!